You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download our mobile app. We've got a great app that's got an online community that you can be a part of and interact with. We've got all of our teachings on there and a digital Bible so that you can follow along. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave us a little awesome message, a review. People love that stuff and a five-star review as well. And it'll help us to grow this study. So we are wrapping up our look at the parable of the sower here in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, I just want to speak to you from the the heart today because I know we've uh, dove pretty deep. We've spent now, this will be day five in here, but I, I feel very strongly that it is a very important parable, not that the other ones are not as well. Uh, But to me, it is one that calls us to self-reflection. Right. And anytime I have grown in my life, I would say it's happened uh, because either a a circumstance arises, uh, which causes me to have to pause and take a look. Or if I actually have the maturity in the moment to look at myself and see what I need to change. Maybe there's a great desire and I realize that unless I make some changes, I can't get there. Really, what we're talking about is examining yourself, examining your heart. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus is displaying the principle of the kingdom of God uh, that deals with our hearts in relation to how much we allow ourselves to be affected by the truth of God. And in this parable, it talks of a sower that sows seed into the ground and what that yields. And we're going to talk about that yield a little bit for just a a few minutes today. But in the parable, of course, Jesus is the sower of the seed. And what we talked about yesterday is that you and I, as followers of Christ, are also sowers of the seed. And what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. It's the truth of God. It's the truth of the kingdom of God. And the soil is all about the heart. The soil is the heart, and there are four types of soils that are mentioned in this parable. One is the soil that's by the wayside. It says that the seed fell by the wayside. This is the hard ground on the road where the people walk. Road that's ground that's so hard that the seed can't penetrate. Therefore, it can never be protected. It can never be nurtured. It can never manifest into anything. And we equate that to the hardened heart, right? The one that wants to reject the word of God, the truth of God, and therefore does not see the growth that comes with allowing the seed of God to get inside of you. And then there's the rocky soil. It's that soil that has the thin layer on top that actually receives the seed. It's like us receiving the word with gladness. We go on Sunday morning. Maybe even we watch or listen to an episode of the 1% here. We get excited. The challenge is if we don't allow 
the truth of God to root in our lives, if we have things underneath the surface that are still hardened, then just like a seed cannot, in many cases, push their root through a rock, what happens is, is that when we're shallow in our faith, when we hit the trials and tribulations of the world, we shrivel up or we burn out. So God's calling us to, to allow him to establish deep roots inside of us. Why? So that when we face the tribulation, we know that we are firm in who we are. And then there's the soil among the thorns. This deals with our external circumstances. It's when we are surrounded by things that pull from us, that suck the life out of us, that influence us in a way where it stunts our growth. And all of us, if we're honest, everything from our cell phones to sometimes the people around us to the things that we uh, watch and allow to go into our brains, these things can draw from us. They're distractions. Scripture tells us that this could also be the pursuit of wealth. Again, God wants you to have nice things. I'm not saying that he, he doesn't, but he doesn't want them to have you. Anything that pulls from what's really important is going is gonna to cause delay in your life. That's why the Apostle Paul said, focus on what is unseen versus what is seen. Because what we see, everything you can put your hand on today is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. And then yesterday we talked about the good ground. And the good ground is the opposite of everything that we had just, just talked about, right? It's, it is a heart that is willing to receive. It is a heart that is willing to let God's word not only get inside, but break through the tough places on the inside so that we can establish good roots. It's clearing around us so that we have room to grow, so that we don't allow foreign circumstances, foreign substances, external situations to choke the life out of us, the worries of the world. And you, you may be thinking, well, it seems like a hard task. Well, listen, it's not hard for God. God will help you through all this stuff. Again, the beginning of everything is you being willing to be good ground. And then what happens if any of you have ever done any gardening before in your life? You just break up that ground. So we're going to continue with the kingdom message with the last part here, which I specifically just kind of glossed over yesterday because we're going to hit on it. I'm going to read uh, Matthew 13 back 23, uh, and then we're going to close out uh, the parable of the sower and move on uh, to more awesome parables. Verse 23 says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop. Yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what it is sown. This is a very, very popular scripture. We love to bring it up around the time of offering, <laughs> right? Because, hey, put your money in the basket and, oh, it's going to come back to you a hundredfold. And I guarantee you this. If I name this episode hundredfold blessing, it will be among the most listened to episodes thus far. Why? Because we love the concept of giving a little bit and getting a lot in return. And we have, in many cases in the church, 
made this a focus point. I will give so that I get. Meanwhile, scripture says, give and it will be given unto you. I'll get to that a little bit more here in a second. See, we've kind of masked what the kingdom message is, right? We talk abundance, you know, sow, reap, sow and reap, get it back. And I mean, the, the actual kingdom message is not very popular. Okay. The king, the actual kingdom message is give and just give, right? We give, we love because he loved us first is to bless those who curse us. Meanwhile, we get into the mode of we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We love that scripture too. I love that scripture. But as I'm meditating on that, right? What I've said, how many of you here are more than conquerors? Everybody puts their hand up. But have you ever wondered what that meant? You're more than a conqueror. What does a conqueror do? A conqueror conquers, <laughs> destroys what is in front of it destroys the things that are trying to hold it back, the people that are trying to hold it back. You and I are more than conquerors. So what is that? What if that means that you are so favored by God that you don't have to destroy anybody or anything? That you are so favored by God that you don't have, you are so much more than just a conqueror that you have victory going into the place, you have victory in the place, you have victory going out of the place, even when the outcome doesn't seem like it's what you want. That you have the ability to shape and shift around you without the use of force. Again, think of how Jesus operated. Jesus went into some of the most hostile circumstances. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to trap him with their words. They wanted to trap him physically and destroy him. And even when they did, even when they put him on the cross, couldn't hold him down. Put him in the ground. Three days later, he's up and teaching his disciples. So I do want to address that 30, 60, 100 fold. What God receives from you yes he multiplies that's what i want to talk about today the multiplication process but we've got to get out of this transactional relationship with god we love the transactional relationship i'm giving so that i can get i'm giving absolutely expecting in return whatever it is I feel like I'm due. And it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Abraham was told that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. See, he did his part and had his kids. But God made it grow to not only a great nation in terms of you know, historical Israel, but through me and you, 
Abraham, the promise to Abraham is now in and through me and you. Well, it's through Christ. And then now through Christ, because you and I exist and we can follow God through Christ as Christians. Abraham's blessing continues. And yes, it is more numerous than the stars. It's more uh, numerous than the grains of sand. In 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul teaches Timothy to go and teach and to teach people that can teach. Why? So that they can teach people that can teach, who can teach people that can teach. So multiplication is all about impacting around you more than you could ever do yourself. The transaction is, God, I'm going to freely give to you, right? Freely as we have received, freely give. And what gets put into the hands of God gets multiplied beyond anything that we could ever do ourselves. So we've got to get out of it. And my prayer for you today is that you really think about the areas that you might be in this transactional relationship with God. Because that's a, to me, it's a dangerous road to go down. Because it sets us up for disappointment. It's basically saying, you know, God, I want you to bless me in this way. We minimize the role of God to a cashier or a slot machine. I put in and pull the lever. <clears throat> Excuse me. And hopefully I'll get out way more than, than I put in. You will get out way more. Than you put in not only in this life but beyond you jesus what fed the five thousand with two pieces of fish we're going to get to that in a in a little bit here we studied it in, in john we'll study it again in in matthew a few loaves of bread two fish five thousand people what gets put in the hands of jesus gets multiplied We've got to be willing, willing to do it. That little boy that handed over his lunch, he wasn't expecting that to feed 5,000 people. He just said, Jesus, you need it. You got it. What's mine is yours. And then watch God work. But we got to get out of this transactional lifestyle. We got to get into this kingdom mindset. And maybe there are teachers out there that can explain the kingdom a little more clear and I, I I think about it a lot how could I express really what the kingdom is to you what the kingdom mindset is because we have a interesting take on that word sometimes but you know how like when you have your kid and you say all right well you know at some point you got to understand how the real world really works I want you to imagine the kingdom in that way that God has a way of how it really works. And it's not against you. It's in your favor, infinitely in your favor to partake in it. And what we do here, what Jesus was looking to uh, accomplish there, which he did, was to express how God's way really works, how heaven really works. And when you realize that, and you realize that you there really is no limitation that you that you are going to be provided for. Then you could freely give, and you're not just 
chasing the transaction, minimizing God's role in your life. And this is not all about money either as we as we close out today. I hope this blesses you. It's not all about money. Look, we see plenty of people that have plenty of money and they're spiritually bankrupt. Their life is a disaster. They don't have the family life that they want. They don't have peace. Well, what would you rather have? A big old mansion on the beach or peace in your heart? I mean, you can answer that question. Me, I want peace in my heart. And you know what? I believe that God's going to take care of my shelter and my family. But just think about this even just outside of the concept of money. Right? One of the blessings and the fruits of the spirit, we're going to pick one. We're going to pick one that people don't necessarily like all the time. And that's the fruit of patience. Right? We have a joke at Sound of Heaven. Don't ask for patience because God will put you in the position to get it. And to me, it's it's we're just being funny there because the best thing that can happen to you is for you to be able to establish patience in your life. Right? Scripture says that the trying of your faith, what? Produces patience. And if you let patience have its perfect work, you become mature, become stronger, and you lack nothing. Why do you lack nothing? Is because nothing can take you down. Just think about it for a second. If you were, allow, were to allow God's seed of patience to develop deep roots in your heart, you would have better relationships because you can withstand some of the nonsense that people throw at you. There'd be better opportunities in your life because you wouldn't bail so quickly. You'd finish what you start. And you'd probably be able to master a lot more things, right? And guilty as charged. There's plenty of things I walked away from just because I wasn't patient enough to hang around and do what it took. I'm trying to get better at that as I hit my glory days of my middle age here. We're going to wrap up here now. But just imagine if there's just that one thing. Self-control. Gentleness. How would the relationships around you be with your spouse, with your children? If you're just a little more gentle with people. Again, uh, you look at the fruits of the spirit, they all kind of intertwine in a lot of ways. It's not just about, I put a hundred bucks in a basket and hopefully I get back a thousand. It's so, so much more than that. So, so much more than that. Because it extends so far beyond you. If you could impact one person and save their life, then there are generations of people that are going to be blessed. That person goes on to have how many kids who have how many kids who have how many kids. Right now, the reason you're alive is because of God's grace somewhere in your lineage. Think about that. The thin thread. You have virtues and things instilled inside you. I think about my my grandparents. You know, I still hear the words of my grandfather. <laughs> Perfect man? Absolutely not. But he sowed love into me. They sowed love into me. 
They told me about God when I didn't want to hear about it. I mean, we could, I could talk for two hours on this and I won't. I'm going to wrap it up here. But my prayer for you today is that when you see 30, 60, 100 fold, yeah, get excited about the multiplication of God. But not because you're keeping score. Get excited, not about the transaction, but embrace a life where your life contributes to something bigger than yourself. Never underestimate the power of small actions. Your ability to be nice to the waitress today, who could be a single mom dealing with some terrible things at home, terrible stresses at home. You such you have such an opportunity to be a light to this person. But you're concerned that your spoon was dirty. I mean, just think about this for a second. If we just pause and think, how can I be a kingdom blessing in this moment? What can I give in this moment, no matter how small? That's how we change the world. We want to stand on the steps of Congress and yell, and sometimes it's, there's time for that. But you can do so much more than just putting your arm around somebody and telling them it's going to be okay. By just listening to them, letting them vent, just knowing that you're there, knowing that somebody cares, just giving them a reason to go another day. Again, I could talk all day on this, but my prayer for you is that when you see the harvest uh, of, of what it is, and, and, and as you draw close to God, especially if you get involved and you start wanting to help people and start wanting to share God, and you see what it does in their life, It'll change you forever. And you won't worry as much about what you're going to get. Because you have everything that you need. And you know that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for your kingdom teachings. Thank you for your kingdom principles. Thank you that we are not just limited by the natural laws here the transactional relationship thank you that that's gone that that we freely give because we've been freely given to that we're part of a system that's bigger than ourselves that all we need to do is participate and contribute and you'll take care of us in beyond ways that we could ever imagine and through that we can help others help us to be a vessel that you pour into so that we can pour out of Help us to change this world, Lord. This world needs to know your love. This world needs more of you. And that happens through us in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. We're going to move on through more of the parables of Jesus. You're listening to the 1% Christian. 100 starts with one. Go out and... Bless people, 30, 60, 100 fold. Love you.